welcome back to a brand new episode of We Taught Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I am one of those United fans, Caleb, alongside, as always, virtually, of course, Sasha Fedosov. Uh, of course, named after Slava Fedosov, one of the first player Russian-born players in the NHL. Nice. I appreciate it. I did not know who that was, yeah. so thank you. There's actually a really good 30 for 30 documentary. Because he was like one of the youngest players on the 1980s Russian team that lost to the U.S. in the whole miracle situation in Lake Placid, and it kind of tells his story about how like they they couldn't go anywhere because they were basically in like conscripted in the military, but to play hockey. <laughs> so like their life was hockey, and they couldn't like it took so much to get him and then like four other players from Russia over to America to play. But it's really interesting. I don't remember what it's called, but it's on ESPN or ESPN Plus if you have that, the 30 for 30. I might remember remember it by the end of this episode. Probably not, but look that up. It's really good. It's a lot of subtitles, though, so you have to be paying attention. No strolling on your phone. I think that like Russian athletes are still forced, are still monitored heavily when they like when they leave the country by the government or like... Oh, the, the the coach is instructed to be like you are liable for anything that happens, uh, so. Oh, for sure. There was I don't know if he was a GM for a team or just for the NHL at large, trying to find like foreign talent. But he like flew to Moscow several times, and he and Slava would meet in a hotel room and they would write notes to each other while talking about nonsense. <laughs> so like they because they knew the oh yeah for bugged. sure. Um. I just remember running into like some Russian athletes who were participating in the like the crashed ice event over in St. Paul, the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this was back in 2014. I, I, like they were on the bu- like they were on the bus. Like they couldn't even get like private travel. But like I tried talking to them and they were just like all like deadpan silent. Uh, they were just like we can't like they couldn't say anything. But they were wearing their like big puffy track jackets with the Russian colors. I'm like oh that's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. From 19 if you were 1980, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of Russia and St. Paul, have you been to Moscow on the Hill? Uh, not recently. Uh, not since there was a shooting there several years ago. There was a shooting there several years ago? <laughs> yes. A, a client shot their lawyer in Moscow on the Hill. Oh. Musa was like, not random, I guess? No, it was definitely planned because he, he was, he, they, like, he had lost the case, I think, and so then, like, oh, maybe, no, well, couldn't have because he would have been in custody. Something like, he was unhappy with some result, and yeah, shot his fucking <laughs> representative. Oh, well, Taylor and I went there like two years ago. So, <laughs> very good food, actually. Uh, they're uh, also very strong martinis. <laughs> Found that out. So yeah, com- yeah, come way. for the drinks. Don't stay around to get shot. Moscow in the hell. We're yeah. plugging you right now. <laughs> stay for the random Russian man walking around with an accordion, though, or Tachatina. No, it was a accordion. Yeah, not a balalaika. It wasn't it? Wasn't triangle shaped? Honestly, man, I don't remember. I had a lot of martinis <laughs> that night. It's like very good food, though. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we we actually have our first. I think one of our first questions that's not about soccer from our, our Slack channel. So, if you join our Patreon for three dollars a month, you can join our Slack channel. Part of that Slack channel is our sub channel pod questions, where you get to ask questions every week or every time we record. Um, and with the season starting, there's sure to be more discussion on there about games, and we'll be recording more as well, so there's more chances to ask us questions. Uh, the first question of the episode, 
comes from Nick, who you might remember as a producer of this podcast at one point in the, in the past and also recently. Um, he asks, what is, something that, what is something that you guys are really good at but hate doing? And do you have any ideas with that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound really wrong. Uh, pitching a tent. Huh? Not, you dirty motherfuckers, don't <laughs> think like that. But yeah, like I'm like I'm, I'm good at setting up camp and like putting up and taking down tents really quickly. And I've had several scenarios where like a storm's rolling in. Like two summers ago, I was going camping. Storm was rolling in. Thunderstorm, we hear it. And we have to get this uh, like six-person tent up. So it was, a, you know, rather big. It's huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and like, I don't know, I'm good at it. I think I'm good at coordinating, instructing people with it. Um, but I hate doing it. <laughs> Nobody likes fucking pitching a tent. Well, <laughs> not how you put just put it. No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, I am really good at, like, landscaping. Like, I, I worked for, not a company, but I worked for this really rich old lady near my hometown when I was in high school. And, like, we actually just tended her 80 plus acres no, was 120 plus acres and like mowed and we needed everything and i'm really good at it mowing i had to be very particular because she was very particular about her her lawns but doing it at home when i was in high school i just fucking hated it i did home and dad'd be like hey you want to mow the lawn like no no i spent all day mowing the lawn i don't want to mow the lawn anymore but i'm very good at it good at it yeah, you, for sure. And nobody likes to, you know, you know, trim the hedges and cut the grass of an old lady, or uh, or rake her leaves. Sasha, <laughs> this is a family show. I don't know what you're trying to insinuate here. <laughs> I said that her hedges are pubes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> this is a family show. How dare you? <laughs> uh, Speaking of family oriented, the Minnesota entity <laughs> the schedule. You won't hear any pube-based humor at Allianz Stadium, probably. You'll never hear any four-letter words, either. It's the most family-friendly. I can't even finish that oh, sentence. Yeah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I've said multiple four-letter words there in front of my parents at that stadium. So, hey. <laughs> um, they release their schedule. Well, we play all three Texas teams three times this season. Don't play Nashville once. Uh, we only play two uh, East Coast teams this entire season. It has something to do with COVID. Now we play DC United in Philadelphia. Um, that's it for the East Coast. But yeah, the, there's a whole thing with the uh, Minnesota United how they're going to be selling tickets this year as well, since they now don't have fans. Basically, if you're part of the Itasca Society, you finally get a tangible like benefit where you can actually you have like first in line to buy uh, packages for seating they have the first four games all in the one package you can buy seats for that um they haven't released the other packages yet which made sense because they're i guess they're hoping that as the season rolls on at some point they can open up the entire stadium to season ticket holders and people who want to buy single game tickets as well um sasha are you going to be going to any games this year uh, as a, a fan, if you're vaccinated, yeah, I would like to go to. Not. So, of all three Texas teams, the only one we face twice at home is Houston. So, I would like to go to a Dylan Walper's birthday, uh, at least one of them. How, how old is he now? I, I think he's turning. I, th- I think he's retiring he this tw- year. He's turning sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, he was like 21, like four years ago. Now he's, yeah, he's old. He has so many birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Um, so th- that's one. I would also like to go to, I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to, but I, if I could, I'd like to go to RSL at home. Like the home. It's not the home opener, yeah, right? But it's not going to happen. Yeah. It seems a little too soon. Right. At least for us as season ticket holders, um, th- those first four games kind of line up right when we're about to move house. And it's like, do we really want to be packing and also going to a game? Yeah. Let's just do one thing at a time and worry about it after we move. Yeah. If I get vaccinated by like midsummer, like the, we have a back to back at home games with Portland and Seattle. Those are two that I'd look, in, look into. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Yeah, those would be fun. I'd kind of want to see Austin in. in in uh in action just because they're a new team we didn't see any new teams last year <laughs> or play minnesota at least they've never played nashville they never played miami so it's nice to see one of them yeah you know so austin see how horrible they are hopefully that'd be great if they were just terrible yeah because you play them three <laughs> times this year how quickly do you think they like uh mls abandons them as their star child because right now they're like "Ooh, yeah austin the new team who has money we love you you're our new Atlanta. Like, if we beat them, like, 7-0, like, how quickly does MLS be like, so Austin, womp, womp. Like, yeah, you know who never got that, like, Minnesota never got that treatment. Nashville never got that treatment. No. Miami got it a little bit. There's a little backup thing, but Cincinnati definitely never got that treat- treatment. Yeah. They got like, oh, yeah, Cincinnati's first home game. Look at their march. And then suddenly they were just <laughs> dog shit. It's like, oh, okay, look over here at this team over here. Look, Austin, aren't they cool? Like, they're not even a team yet. No, I just looked away from Cincinnati. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's because Matthew McConaughey is like their culture guy or whatever, mm-hmm. which is fucking a st- stupid thing. Who who would be Minnesota's culture? Who would say that is culture guy or culture person? Ambassador, I think. Culture ambassador from Minnesota United. Oh, my God. It's just For some reason, I just feel like it's going to be some, some, some stout Scandinavian man. <laughs> but that's really not a true representation. I mean, maybe it's a representation of the state. It's not a representation of the cities or the team, though. Right. I see. I think the dream casting of this culture um, ambassador for Miss United would be like Lizzo. Oh, damn! Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Okay. That would be There's somebody awesome. with some like international presence. Fuck yeah! Let's take Lizzo. But more realistic, probably like Josh Hartnett. Or Steve Zahn, both Minnesota actors who are still technically working, I think. Yeah. I mean, Steve Zahn, I think, better than Josh Hart did. That thing you do still holds up. But anywho, this will be. Um, if you have any ideas, tweet at us at United Fans. TBO, United Fans. Also, I'd, there should be culture ambassadors for every team, and they should be like mandatory. And just, just the weirdest people that people that teams will like have to like bring up. Like I can't imagine who Cincinnati's would no. be, or like Columbus's. Uh, who, who's and with DC, you have to be very careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sadly, like Drew Carey and the rapper who's saying thrift shop. I'm having a brain fart. Would be Seattle's. <laughs> Um, um, that is the the poet of our time, Macklemore. How'd you how'd you forget the absolute the the guy who the guy whose album beats Kendrick Lamar's for rap album of the year at the Grammys? If he's the poet of Macklemore. our time, it explains why we're so fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're in the we're in the darkest timeline. This is 
for sure. Yeah. That a, a white guy in a giant fur coat and a Nazi haircut can be the the rapper of our time. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we missed this last week. Uh, Minnesota United released their new away kits. Um, they're actually not bland white, which is very nice. They're called the River Blue Tits. Um, they're basically the blue we had our last season in NASL, and but like little like wave or wave patterns in them that are kind of decent when you're up close. Still, went in my hand in a wing kit though. Yeah, I. But this is nice. Yeah. I can't actually speak badly about these kits. Because I am on recorded on this show saying we should turn change our light color to the, that blue, so I'm now <laughs> confined by previous Sasha, past Sasha. Um, so damn you, motherfucker, having opinions. <laughs> previous Sasha sounds like it was a clo- you're a clone and you killed him. Previous Sasha said this, but I am my own person, and <laughs> oh, it's the darkest timeline. So like, of course, a clone would come and kill the original me. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a joke guys there's no we're not like prestiging sasha right now oh <laughs> uh, definitely no. not uh some other news we got uh patrick Weah becomes a u.s citizen yeah that was a couple of days ago so congratulations to him uh just a reminder he signed with the loons as a homegrown player he, I don't think he'll see the field, but like some analysts are like, yeah, he might. So like, I don't know, maybe. What, what, what do they know? Right? <laughs> Analyst, is the, how is that even a job in 2021? Everything went out the window last year. <laughs> uh, but we do have some new signings to announce. Um, first up, natural signing that's actually happened. Uh, Nito Hansen signed from Houston Dynamo, the decent player that every Minnesota, play, Minnesota fan wanted. Uh, 26-year-old Danish winger with six goals and seven assists in his career with crew in the Dynamo. He didn't play on either side and also played with Will Trapp and Ethan Finley back when they're all in Columbus. Depth signing is fine as long as it's just a depth signing, I guess. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't start yeah. I hope, too many games. Yeah, I hope we also don't do the, like, the gentleman's agreement where we, he can't play against the Dynamo because we have to face them three times. No, <laughs> I, I don't think that'll happen again because I, I think uh, Heath got in trouble for saying that in the press conference, like a fine from the league or oh, something. Wow. It's like, I understand that does happen in Europe. Like In England, you can't play against like the club that you just were traded from, but that's you know their FA. Yeah. It's not... You know, it's not that. It's like if, say, if Arsenal loaned a player from, uh, to say like Blackburn, and then they played each other in a cup game, that player couldn't play for Blackburn. Because there's some rule where you can't play against your parent club. Yeah. Which I don't know why. I I don't know. But it's there, and yeah. Speaking of loans, uh, we have a certain. Uruguayan youngster back in Uruguay, actually. Uh, Thomas Chacon has been loaned out to Liverpool FC in Uruguay. There's another team named Liverpool in Uruguay, but it was announced, or 
not announced by the team, but by like other reporters that Thomas Jatone is at Liverpool FC. I was like, wait, what now? He's where? <laughs> but it's at Uruguay. Who? Who? I don't. I don't know how often he'll play because like Liverpool just won the league in Uruguay like a week ago. So I don't know how many games they have left of this season or when they start their next season, but like, I guess it's good that he's doing at least two games. I don't know, man. It's just this whole deal with Chacon seems very bad for the team. Yeah. Um, my question now, discovering a Liverpool FC exists in Uruguay, is like, do they sign people from the the Red Bull uh, Salzburg equivalent in in Brazil, the Red Bull Brazil teams? No, no, and then loan them out the next season. Well, there's actually there's also a uh, Barcelona FC Barcelona in Ecuador. Uh, Shane has a, has a, has their jersey. I mean, they, they, I mean, they're probably in less hot water. Yeah, they're probably well off, better off financially than Barcelona in Spain. Um, that brings us to our our next question of the podcast. Remember. Uh, just a reminder, $3 a month on our Patreon gets you access to our Slack channel. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. It's not good, like going full-time from season start. I think we started it in like June of last year. So, uh, question from Mike D. When will we get a real striker? Well, 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 Mike. Do we have some news for you? Loons are in for Bota Jr.'s Striker Ramon Abila, Abila, um, 31 years old, has seven goals in 12 matches for both of this season. Um, it's a loan with an option to buy. Um, reported by Andy Drader as 4.5 million, which would be 500,000 less than we paid for uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, who was Abila's teammate uh, back to Bota. So maybe some chemistry there. He is on the older side, above 30, and I think he's currently injured, which, not great. But the plus side there is that there is that familiarity already with possibly the best playmaker in MLS. Yeah. Uh, I understand Mike D's concern that he might be another Angelo Rodriguez, but this is my retort to that. Back when Angelo played... And I like I'm I'm not a fan of him like because I, I saw him fail too many times on on what I thought were sitters. We didn't really have that winning identity. I think we have a winning identity now. We have a system that we play and it works for us. And we also have a system that is adaptable to our opponent. Um, <laughs> it's not just like oh well here's your two DPs like hope, hopefully something happens. Uh, so yeah, and the fact is like yeah they're both from Cordoba. They play together. Boca like. Like they probably knew each other before they were at Boca, honestly, if they grew up in the same city playing you know, professional soccer. So, yeah, Reynoso, yeah. give this guy a chance. Yeah, and, I mean, Reynoso's the best player we've ever had in Minnesota. Yeah. And, I don't know, man, maybe maybe Angelo would have been good <laughs> with Reynoso. I can't even, I don't know. No. Yeah. I mean, but, but I, I will, I mean, we, there's a lot of... Angie slander on this podcast there has been in the past and but when him and Darwin were on they were fucking on yeah that's true like yeah they were good and uh, yeah I do remember the times that he he was enough of a threat that he got you know 
fouled a lot or people might like double man marked him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen if we're still if we're still in for uh, Adrian from was it Stade Rene and Lidon. Um, it kind of depends on his new manager over there, and that and that was going to take longer anyway, um, probably until the summer to be completed. So this is. I think this is a solid option up front that either can be the starter for the season or can be on a stopgap until we get uh, Adrian Huno over from France. Yeah, and if and like if he doesn't get here in time, it's probably going to be Juan Agudelo up front for the preseason and these starter game, like the first couple of games. Ugh. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of preseason, I'm Minnesota traveled to Orlando. Uh, Couple of days ago now to for preseason. Unfortunately, as reported by Andy Dreeter of Pioneer Press and previously of this podcast, uh, Ike Opara is not with the team. Just three weeks out after I think it was at end of last season where Heath and Opara himself were more optimistic about Opara playing next this season. It's not a good sign that he's not with the team. Just three weeks out. Um, really hope he feels better soon and whatever ails him is cured because it's just out of suck not being able to play the game that you've been playing for most of your life yeah um and also the to be on a roll to probably set a new defensive record uh maybe be mls defender of the year three times it's a shame yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just remember there's a there, the video after he won it, and all right, Adrian, I denounced it at training. I just remember Ethan like I shake him, go one more in the name after you, man, one more in the name after yeah. you. So hopefully he can get that chance to do so. Yeah. Our next question comes from the Slack channel. It's dark chair. Last question of the of the oh, sounded last question. Second to the last question, sorry, of the episode from Jake. If you could go back in time and change the outcome of one Loon's game, which would you pick and why? I know my answer. Okay. I will, will you go first then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's the U.S. Open Cup game and it's Atlanta. If I had to change one outcome, it'd be that Boxall buries that last chance at the death of the game for, to tie it up, and then we win in extra time through... I don't know. Let's say Hassani Dotson banger. Why not? Add to the legend even more. Just a, a trophy in our case. In was our, our third year, our first year in Allianz. There's a trophy back in that trophy case, in the in the headquarters, and and the one over on Atlanta for a trophy as well would be just so huge and so rewarding and so satisfying. Um, so yeah, that I I would want. To win the US Open Cup in Atlanta and bring a trophy back to Allianz, I, I want that. I want that so bad. Just, yeah. What is what is yours? That was my answer. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> so glad I, I went first. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was going to be your answer. That's why I let you go first. Um, mine is actually not the other obvious answer, which is like people would want to redo the score of last year's Western Conference Final against Seattle. And it's not because I'm oh, a Seattle absolutely fan. Absolutely not. It's I would actually want to redo our first playoff game 
against LA because I was at that game. I was, Ooh, I was that's a good. That's a good. Pick. I was in that North Side, and God, I, there's nothing worse than knowing like we let Zlatan get past us. It's not the LA Galaxy, like, which I hate enough. It's the fact that we let Zlatan because we we should put him on his fucking heels. We put him on his ass that game too. But no, he scored. Fucking, it was just ah, uh, and like there were some shots there that like ah, uh, yeah, and Grey Goose too, like. Mm. Well, yeah, Greg just with his yeah. goal. I think, just, was that his first? I think that was, that his, was first his first goal. goal. Like we, and the thing is, we knew he could score too, like because he'd hit the post so many fucking times that season. Uh, <laughs> so he scores, and then late, I just just say like Mason Toy heads one in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone does crazy. Extra time comes, and Darwin just curls one in from the outside the box, and yeah. we go on. And Zlatan tries at Allianz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I didn't really think of like last year's Damon in Seattle because, like. I was pretty confident going to that game that well, if we just beat Seattle, we'll win, we'll win the cup. Columbus is nothing. And then Columbus absolutely thrashed Seattle. So, like, do you want to just delay the pain or just yeah, or just get on with it, you know? Yeah. And early that season, we had lost to Columbus. So, like, I'm pretty confident saying, like, we wouldn't have beaten them at home. Like, we wouldn't have beat them in Columbus. It was no, a fucking... No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, dude, like, Gillette Stadium, whatever, that is, like, a fucking fortress. I don't think it is Gillette Stadium. I forgot what it's called, but, yeah. Yeah, they're actually in a new stadium, I think, this okay. year. So maybe it won't be a fortress <laughs> anymore. I'm not counting on it. Um, but we won't know because we're <laughs> not going to play them. <laughs> no, we won't. Which might be a good thing. Who knows? Um, happening right now as we talk is the USA versus Mexico U23 Olympic qualifying game. Um, two games have happened since we last talked to you and... Asani Dotson has started in the first game and played in the second da- uh, sub-down in the second game against... So he started against Costa Rica, sub-down in the second half against Democratic... Dominican Re- uh, Republic. Dominican Republic. I almost said Democratic <laughs> Republic of Congo, but that's a different continent. <laughs> I am tired. Anyway, yes. Uh, he had a brace in five minutes in the second game. Um, I think he was sub-down in like the 68th, stored in the 73rd and 78th mm-hmm. minute. So pretty good. Um a lot of people questioned his in, in, uh, inclusion in the U, in the under twenty three team for the Olympics, but I think he's been one of the best players on the pitch whenever he's been out there. Yeah, um, I'll I'll try I'll be balanced about it because I saw the comments when the lineup came out for the Costa Rica game, and people were like, "Oh yeah, we got three RSL players out there," and uh, and then they're like, "We don't feel great about Dotson," and I understand like he probably looked kind of sluggish. But so did everybody else because we had to play in like what was it eighty nine degree ninety degree weather in Guadalajara, like <laughs> yeah, and like even then he was probably the best, like one of the best players on the pitch for the U.S. and on in the whole uh, on the whole pitch. I mean, probably you did. I mean, I would argue that probably David Ochoa was the best on the goal, but I think Dotson probably best outfield player for the U.S. in that game, and then scoring two goals. In the second game, it's it's like granted an easier opponent, but still a goal is a goal, and they won the game four nothing. That second goal of his kind of brought the game wide open, or the first goal of his brought the game wide open. It was second of the day of the game for the U.S. and yeah, his finishes were also very well placed. Mm-hmm. Like that that low goal um, to the left was like fucking like it's even if it wasn't yeah. the Dominican Republic, like that's a hard goal to save when you're a keeper. It would. It was a very quick shot too. Like there was no build up. He got the ball and 
but immediately it was off of his foot going towards yeah, the net, it Yeah, so. it doesn't look like it has the power of like a full shot on it. It was just probably why how he's able to keep it so low. It just fucking streamlined. Yeah. Uh. It's, yeah. And this kid, I mean, our next question is from Nick, and his question is, are we too hyped on Dodson? And my answer is, fuck off, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we're in a goddamn pandemic. I didn't have this one bit of happiness. Yeah. You did. No, I'm kidding. I love you, Nick. It's fine. Uh, but the thing is, like, any other club. Like, if it was, like, Atlanta United player, like, the league and the club would not shut the fuck up about it. And so, like, the supporters have to promote the player. I mean, the club definitely is to promote the player, which I think they are. But the, the supporters yeah, do, are. too. Like, the thing is, we knew Dotson was good, and there was doubt from other, like, there's doubt from other U.S. men's national teams whether he deserves to be there. And now there is no doubt. Right, especially if you're yeah, like he's... if you're Jason Crease, everyone's like look at you like you're some kind of genius because your super sub just went and scored a brace in five minutes. Like Jason, <laughs> like he wasn't even expecting that. He's probably like, oh yeah, this good kid's definitely good for a goal. He, I definitely know he can score too in five minutes. Like that's one of the best results other than a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and this kid's been doing it ever since he got into the league. Like. We heard like rumblings from other players. He first had a preseason with, in his first season with Minnesota. Like, Miguel Bar was coming out like this dude can play, mm-hmm. and like he's not gonna. Miguel's not gonna gas up some kid just because just for just to talk about it. No, he. Oh, this guy can play. In those first few days, he came on as a sub. I think he had like ten minutes over four games, but then that first magical goal in Philadelphia, where he had volleyed it in from. Outside the box, like, oh shit, was that a flute? And no, it wasn't, because he scored multiple goals from outside the box. And even going to training camp with uh, Trice and the U.S. Uh, U.S. youth team, he was one of the most impressive day in day out in training. And so he, you, you can tell he works hard, and he's here by merit, and he's only going to get better because of his mentality. So now the question is, like, are we? I mean, are we too hyped? No, I don't think so. I mean, if he comes back to Minnesota and doesn't play, then, yeah, yeah, we were too hyped. But he should be in the starting lineup day one. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Nick, I, in fact, I'm surprised that you'd ask this, Nick, because, honestly, Hassani Dotson, for us in Minnesota, is what Ozzy used to be in Seattle, which is this guy who could help, always could make the transition. Right. He could be defensive and offensive, and he could fucking bang it from way out. Like, that's what you always thought. One of the, like, Ozzy got his second touch was like, is he going to wind up for one? That's how you feel when you, pl- when you see this Hassani play. And, like, mind you, he's playing, like, as a in the box striker for the U.S. But when he plays for us, like, you always have that hope. I mean, he's, yeah. He's playing in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Dustin so, yeah. Is, but he's, yeah, more like a box to box, kind of late arriver to the box on attacks. Um, Frank Lampard asked, or Stevie G asked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, kind of like that Fox in the box coming coming late, and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's how he got his two, his two goals was arriving late, getting the ball, and then one just placing it past everybody into the far corner, and then another on a second just ending the poor Dominican uh, Republic uh, left bat's career <laughs> before it even had the chance to be done. Just if you. Like next time you watch that goal, just watch him, the guy that signed was passed. As he, as soon as he's passed his shot, he just like puts his hands on his knees and goes, "Fuck, oh no." <laughs> uh, so I guess enjoy so, him while we have him because like if he could score tonight, and then it's like you know a Fulham or a Newcastle mm-hmm. comes calling. 
I, I don't know about that, uh-huh. but I was thinking like maybe a team in the in the Eredivisie or in Portugal. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you could definitely or Austria, <laughs> somewhere there. But you, if all goes well tonight and the next few day uh, weeks for or the next week for US U twenty threes, you try to expect Dotson to be on that Olympic roster. So he'll be done this summer. Jan Gradius will be out at the Euros this summer. So that leaves uh, Hayes, Ozzy, and Will Trap as like our midfield depth, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I, there's been a lot of roster shakeups. You did say maybe Reynoso back there as well, but you want to keep him more towards the front. So... I mean, Heath always says we're two to three players away, and by gosh darn, I think he's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other call-ups around for the Loons: uh, Callum Montgomery. Remember him? Uh, he was with the Canadian U23s at the same tournament that Dotson is. Uh, Dane Saint Clair has been called up to the full senior Canadian national team, um, probably backing up or at least platooning with Trapeau. Uh, Yuta Raitala and Robin Lude called it to Finland. Uh, 2-2 draw for them against Bosnia as a Dravina today. Jan Dredus called it to Slovakia. Yudas Abdan with their, to their nil-nil draw with Cyprus. And Roman Metanair called up to Madagascar. So that's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's probably the most we've had, right? Yeah. Um, Ever? Yeah. Because I think it was be. six last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just a... Well, was it? I don't know. Because of uh, Kai. Oh, yeah. So, but Dotson wasn't called mm-hmm. up. So, uh, we are the like becoming one of those DJ college clubs where we're suffering from our own success uh, because <laughs> we have to send all our great players out on international duty. Uh, but, you know, if Seattle and so, LA FC can do it, then like we as the second best team in the West can also do it. Yeah. They were called up like, all right, sign Dotson. Another one. <laughs> Tom Montgomery, another one. Dan St. Clair, another one. <laughs> we the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we can it's make That's exactly it. how it happened. <laughs> oh. um, let's just switch over to some European stuff just real quick. Um, well, this is kind of, uh, kind of related to MLS a little bit, um, if you like shot in Friday. Uh, Frank de Boer's Netherlands team loses 4-2 to Turkey, Turkey today, uh, just in mid-season Atlanta form with Frank de Boer <laughs> for ne- the Netherlands. That's just... I don't understand how he has such a high-profile job after failing at uh, at uh, Crystal Palace at Inter and now and at Atlanta United, and now he's coach of a national team going into a major tournament. I mean, this is the perfect example of in soccer that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Because Jesus Christ, man, like if you Netherlands has the players to return to their like twenty fourteen or pre twenty fourteen days, and you're having like barely any wins. So yeah, the coach needs to go, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank DeBoer, not a good coach. You heard it here first. God. Um, some other news, not, uh, not so great news coming out of Scotland. Uh, Glenn Kamara of Rangers was racially abused by a Slavia Prague player, Andrej Kodela. Uh, Scottish police are investigating the incident. Uh, Slavia Prague 
um, denied that it happened. Um, there is video of the, of the incident where Tudela walks up to Tamara, puts his hand over his mouth, and um, allegedly calls Tamara a fucking monkey. Um, and judging by Tamara's reaction and the teammates around him, I fully believe Tamara and his teammates. And um, Steven Gerrard came out afterwards and said that they're behind Tamara 100%. Um, but since Scottish police are investigating the incident, if Trudella returns to the UK to play Arsenal, which Prague, Slavia Prague has drawn in the next round of the Europa League, he will be required to talk to Scottish police or they'll like intercept him on the way to the stadium or away from the airport. Good. To interrogate him. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and like UEFA is investigating it, but like that never, it never ends no. well for anybody. And, and we've talked about this so many times with, I think it was Lady of Warsaw and like they had their, their fans and had racist banners. Uh, Lazio in Italy is basically a fascist club. And there has to be more of a penalty when this happens. Um, when it, when it happens with fans, there it needs to be more. And even with even even with well, with players, it has to be even more severe than you have with fans because those are completely controlled, or should be those their actions should be completely controlled by the team on the field. And if, like, the team has more control over, over players than they do the fans. So instead of, I don't know, a 50,000 euro fine, which is nothing to a team that's in the Europa League or Champions League or wherever they are, ban them from a competition for years. Yeah. It, it, you, ban them ban them from, inter, from inter-league competition and also... Dock them a certain amount of points in their lead, yeah. and say like they can't be in the or stadium. Something. Like it has to be severe enough so that when people, the yeah. best way to to punish players and fans is like you can't even be in the stadium because then other people will say like, oh, why aren't they there? Oh, well, and then oh, they'll look in. Oh, because of their behavior. If you just give them a fine, then that's what you're te- teaching people that it's okay. Like that's honestly, I feel yeah. like the message is from UEFA. Like, oh, yeah. you're rich, we'll fine you. Like f- finding Zlatan like even millions of dollars is nothing. Like. Yeah, and yeah, finding Trudella or finding a team that's like this, $50,000, is like, oh, they're just paying to be racist. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And as far as Trudella goes, he should be banned for a long time. I don't know how old he is, if he's close to retirement or whatever, or where he is, but at least the rest of the season, maybe next season as well, because it's fucking disgusting what he did. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully he... Is dumb enough to get on the plane to the UK to play Arsenal. <laughs> I really hope he. Well, he's racist, so he's probably also really fucking stupid. Yes. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you do get a lot of smart, like uh, ignorant people. <laughs> <laughs> um, some scary news in uh, Spain: uh, French player Moussa Dembélé collapsed during training on Tuesday. A 24-year-old was signed on loan from Lyon and optioned to buy in January. He was warming up and stretching before he lost consciousness. Um, he was seen to by club doctors and trainers, and was seen driving away from this from the practice facilities. So, 
it sounds like he was able to he was fully like fully recovered but hopefully he's monitored for a couple more days um there's actually a video of it it's very unsettling uh reports that he was unconscious for a minute so hopefully he recovers fully and is able to play safely and without any other further risk so our thoughts go out to Moussa Dembele and his recovery um and it's something we don't talk about very often because it's a very boring lead it is the retirement league um it's a retirement lead Zlatan is playing there but Juventus might have is probably didn't have their reign of was it 10 in a row lead wins ended um as of right now, Inter Milan are up seven points. Are seven points clear of set, of second place, AC Milan, and ten points clear of Juventus. The Juventus, the Juventus vice president has said that Ronaldo is quote unquote untouchable, and Andrea Pirlo will remain as manager next season, uh, talk, while tied to the zone. And that's bold to say that Pirlo is going to be back because he's been very bad. yeah. Um... I always think in American culture, there we we have this culture of like it's okay to fail at your job and still be paid ridiculous amounts of money. But it's good to know that it's a universal, uh, or at least it's over in <laughs> Italy too, because Ronaldo was brought in not to win Serie A, to win Champions League, and so and Pirlo was like brought in as a replacement to be like the guy who can get the locker room to work together. <laughs> Andrea Pirlo, who was brought in with no previous coaching experience, yeah. Yeah, and I we've seen we saw this with Frank Lampard. We saw a little bit of it with Mikel Arteta, but it seems to have righted the ship a little bit. Um, just clubs hiring like former legendary players mm-hmm. and hopes that like oh, that'll be good now. And no, it, it won't. Uh, Lampard's out of the job. I think Arsenal's in tenth still. Yeah, ninth or tenth, and Pirlo is gonna end Juventus's run of dominance in Italy. <laughs> And I, for one, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, if you're a Liverpool board member listening, do not hire Steven Gerrard. I know I know he's doing really well with Rangers. Also, should mention, Rangers ended Celtic's run of, I think, nine titles in a row with their first title win in a long time. So congratulations to Rangers and Stevie G, but don't hire him. Let him, let him stay at Rangers for a little bit. He's doing well there. Let him build something there or whatever don't hire him liverpool please for the love of god also like i mean premier league has a way of like even if you're a great coach with coaching experience of like sucking like all the energy out of you it is though it is a vicious league because it's the most watched league it's yeah so like yeah and yeah and the british press is very very cutthroat i mean look at frank de boer he was no, I'm just kidding. He sucked before. But Louis, Louis uh, Van Gaal, the guy who like helped the Netherlands team, yeah. let's, like he was great. And then he went to Manchester United, and like he's, now he's retired. Well, <laughs> like, well, I think Manchester United is a little bit of a poison chalice as long as <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson's still around the club. That his shadow is very well cast over any any uh, manager who is there. I'm surprised Ollie has been there for so long. Honestly, I have to. Yeah, I have to. Uh, if if Minnesota signed a club legend for to be their coach, who who would Ramirez? Like like a naughty like, like, Are you, that was are very you kidding? Quick. Of course we. Why wouldn't we? Like it'd be he, because he, if say, say say we fire Adrian Heath, what is the opposite of a short white British dude? Right, a charming looking <laughs> Ramirez dude. 
and it's it's fucking Ramirez. <laughs> I'm Ramirez, dude. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yes, they're both strikers, but you could be like, this is our classy-looking young striker coach, you know, our player coach. Like, that's how... I mean, yeah. it, you're wrong. It's obviously Ibsen, but <laughs> I, won't, I won't accept Ramirez as an answer. I mean, as long as it's not Calvo, because, like, fucking, like, I've, I'd be... <laughs> I said legends, not pariah. I mean, infamous is a type of famous. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. You can't spell infamous without famous. Uh, but... That actually makes me more even more excited about Ozzy's future role with the club. Because like, if he's like the, our future coach, like head coach, like oh hell yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be an interesting. I would, I would have so much fun with that. It'd be interesting. Yeah, he'd get so he'd be, he'd be sent off from the bench so many times for swearing at the referee. But I'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> gotta make sure our <laughs> assistant coaches is, is well prepped. <laughs> well prepped in the like, mild mannered. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, that brings us to our last bit of news for the episode. Champions League draw uh, for the quarterfinals. Real Madrid will play Liverpool FC, the one in England, not the one in Uruguay. Uh, Man City versus Dortmund. Bayern versus PSG. Porto versus Chelsea. Um, any wild predictions here, uh, Sasha? Uh, so this isn't going to happen, but I want it to in the dream scenario. Uh if Jurgen Klopp is losing the game versus Real Madrid, he's just going to send like uh, James Milner out there and he's like, go find Ramos and sweep the lake, motherfucker. Just like, <laughs> just Cobra Kai that guy out of him. That's This is revenge for Salah from like three years ago. Like that's that's my prediction. Um, obviously City's going to beat Dortmund. Um, I, I honestly don't know which way PSG versus Bayern will go. Yeah, that's probably the, the one that has me most excited because it's the one that will give me the, less, the least amount of stress and they've got to be the best games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, th- I think Byron has it, just the way Lewandowski is scoring. They they went down to, t- to yeah. 10 men early they, against uh, Stuttgart, and I think they won four. Yeah, and he got a hat trick in that game. Like, like that's <laughs> Sorry, Shane, but... <laughs> You're really fucking good, so... Um, yeah, the thing is, like, they're just so fucking deep. Like, like even against PSG, they they have, you know, Serge Gnabry, they have, every, they have everybody that you want. Um... I hope, and then yeah, some. I hope Porto beats Chelsea. Like that would be. I think people would consider that upset because Thomas Tuchel has just been like, because Thomas Tuchel apparently is a like sinister genius and he's figured out the key to everything in defense and switching up lineups. I mean, I want people to stop riding his dick. So I want Porto to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as a person who's married to a Chelsea fan, I prefer not to speak. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> yep. She sometimes listens, and I can't take that chance. Uh, anyway, um, you can find me at K, uh, nope, at Real Caleb FC. You can find the podcast at TWO Dynasty Fans on Twitter and Instagram. Sasha, where can the good people find you? you I have actually changed my Instagram handle to uh, Alexander Sorsloth, which is a pun on a name of a uh, Red Bull Leipzig player, Sorloth. Um, a Norwegian player, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at that handle. And special thanks to our leader commissioner tier of Patreon of patrons. Uh, thank you, Eric Olson, my dad, for supporting us in there at that lead commissioner tier. Just for $20, $20 a month, you can also have a shout-out at the end of every episode. Um, yeah, I think that's about... Oh, thanks to the Tectonics for the use of their song Lustless as our theme music. Um, check out my Patreon episode coming out. I'll... I'll edit it tomorrow. 
or as you listen to this today, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, talking about uh, Jeff Rosenstock's worry, looked out for next months where I talked about pups, morbid stuff. Two very good punk albums that I'm very excited to sink my teeth into. Um, Sasha, we talked about on Patreon. Oh, I talk about D and D stuff, uh, which right now I'm still going through uh, uh, Tasha's Cauldron, which has the expanded classes. Um, I, I've yet to record an episode, but I promised I promised I'd go over to the the other OP classes in there. All right, sounds awesome. Um, with that. We will see you next time for our Eastern Conference uh, preview for MLS. Um, and that'll be out in two weeks. And as always, shout out to the Mad Villain, MF2, rest in peace. Sonny Johnson, Road to Tokyo 2021. I'm out. Oh,